and thanks for tuning into the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I will be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of it, how you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. So becoming kingdom-minded and encountering his presence and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And today, for day 17, I think I have something so encouraging for any of you who have just been praying and praying about something and you're being persistent, but you feel weak and weary and like giving up or like he doesn't hear you or like you wonder if God will ever answer, whether it be a yes, no, or a maybe, or just wait or not now, but you're waiting and you're waiting and really you don't want any answer, but yes, <clears throat> and you want to be encouraged. And it's not about... It's not wanting it for you, right? It's it's a matter of you're praying for someone in faith and hoping that your prayer is answered and you, you're believing for it, but you're just tired. And I want to share with you a story of just miraculous salvation because of the prayers of a faithful, righteous woman in my church named Jennifer. And she is an older woman. I'm not really sure how old if she's, you know... I want to say 80s, maybe. I'm like, oh, I don't want to overestimate her age, but she is amazing. And she prayed for her her husband over 60 years. He was a Chinese general. He was in the war, um, in battles. He, it's just crazy, um, you know, about this man. And he was not Christian. She was. They moved to America. And, you know, obviously he's no longer an uh, acting general um, in America. They, you know, he's retired and she was a real estate agent, uh, but didn't need to work necessarily. Uh, she's just very, she's very energetic, very full of life and just still works today. She's just a, a, an awesome woman. And she's this tiny little woman. She's so tiny and just a power, a force to be reckoned with, a, a power what do you call it? A, a power horse? I don't know. Anyway, she's really cool. I like her a lot. Um, and so she really just, she's the example of like never ending faith to me. Just like when you think you've prayed and waited, I've been waiting two years for this Lord. Like really? <laughs> Whenever I think, oh, this is like, you know, I'm just going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep waiting. You know, there's so many stories in the Bible where just so many faithful women are just waiting and waiting and waiting and praying for so long and, and men too. But there's a couple um, stories that popped to my mind, you know, women waiting and I mean, Job too. And uh, there's so many, but anyway, she is an example of that. Just faithfully waiting on the Lord and praying and never, ever giving up. She never gave up. So that's the story I want to tell you about today. It's a pretty short one, but nonetheless, it's so amazing. And I think it'll be encouraging. So, let's get started. All right, so about Jennifer. We go to a Calvary Chapel. Ellie loves it, and we've gone to a couple other churches, but I've actually, it's my home church, and I used to go there. It's about almost an hour drive, but um, I went there before, and <clears throat> then I moved to South America, then I came back, and then I was in a different location, but I would still drive once in a while. And, you know, it was just hard when Ellie was really little, 
you know, just always, it was like time for her nap and, or time for her to eat and nurse. And like always when, sh- when church was like over and it was just like, oh, and we stay and we talk to people, you know, not for too long, but long enough where it was always just bad timing and like the car ride home and it would mess up her nap when she was still napping. She didn't nap for too long, two years, but yeah, two and a half years, maybe <laughs> I tried. I really did. She's not a napper. <laughs> so <clears throat> I mean, unless, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. So it, it just took a while for us to get back there and and then we started going back there. Anyway, so that's my home church, and I love it because I like family. And every Catholic chapel across the United States is like that. You visit one. When you're away from home, they welcome you, you know, the small ones especially. Um, you make friends the first one, even if you're antisocial <laughs> and trying not to. But it's not in a pushy way. They're just so friendly and welcome you to lunch or whatever it is. They're just really nice, and it's not like a cult or anything like that. Just super nice. So. I really like these churches and it's Bible based instead of like a sermon or some like show it's, you know, and then Bible thrown in it's Bible reading verse by verse, concentrating on God's word and then supplementing it with story or narrative or, you know, other things that the pastor is going to add to it. So, you know, making it relatable and relevant today. So that's, that's what I like about it. Bible based teaching, not based on any other books or anything like that. So this woman, that being said, this is the kind of church it is. She goes there and she's been going there for, I don't know how long, a very long time. And her husband, like I mentioned in the beginning, was um, a general in China. And they moved here like a long time ago. I don't don't remember right now when, but uh, she, you know, he never came to church. Not once that I ever met. They never met him. And I know he didn't go with her. And I've gone there, what, I don't know, seven, eight years, you know, with some, a lag in between when I moved, but, um, she would pray for him daily, every day of her life that he would get to know Jesus, that he would, you know, find a desire or need for Jesus in his life, accept Jesus and and become a believer and get saved, right? Like accept salvation, primary goal, right? She wants to see him in heaven. She wants him to Accept the free gift of life, eternal life and salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so <clears throat> she kept praying. I'm so sorry that I have a little cough, <clears throat> a little sore throat when I'm doing this. So I don't want to stop like 500 times, but I'm going to try not to cough loud or anything. <laughs> so she prayed all the time. She would stop us, the sweet woman. She would stop, you know, my friend or myself or other people and we'd pray with her and she'd just go, oh can you pray for my husband with me today? And, you know, her little cute voice, that's not how it sounds, but something like <laughs> that's my rendition. And we would stop, you know, we'd obviously say hi to her, you know, we'd be talking or, and then sometimes she'd just stop us, you know, maybe she's on her way out and we were at the end of the, end of the tour, you know, um, the social circle. And maybe we were talking to somebody else and she'd stop us and we'd be like, just, can you pray for him real quick? Or right now, can we pray for my husband? And so we would, and I would. And so, you know, I remember, I remember the last time it was in the hallway near the fellowship hall and, you know, outside of the sanctuary near the, where we all talk and stuff. And she asked me to pray and I just, you know, we bowed our heads and closed our eyes and, and prayed. I don't always, I don't always close my eyes when I pray. But anyway, so we did that and she was like, you know, just 
earnest and faithful. And it, I had faith he was going to get saved at some point because she had faith. And it seemed so unlikely. He's so old, right? He's, he was an old guy. I want to say she said he was like 92 when this happened or something or late 80s, 90s. And the odds of a grown man, it gets harder and harder, especially for men. Not that it's not hard for women, but the longer you go, the more self-sufficient it kind of proves itself, right? Like your thought of like, I don't need God unless you start fearing the death or what's going to happen after like, where am I going? Like other things happen, but question how you lived or you have an encounter, like, you know, you're posturing for living that long. Of course, it's pretty solid too. Like how, you know, I don't need a God that's for weak people. I was tough. I survived, blah, blah, blah. And maybe you got through life. Obviously you didn't fulfill, you know, the true purposes of your life, right? It's highly likely if you didn't have the leading of the Holy Spirit, like maybe all the things you could have done for the kingdom, right? But you got through life. You feel like you were successful by whatever means and standards you've decided success is. And you made it, right? And you're near the end of your life. And do you wonder where you're going? Do you wonder what happens? Like that's for each person. No, we don't know what everybody does in their last moments of life. But I would never want to get to heaven. Uh, just having barely skated in by the, you know, by my bootstraps, I don't have any, <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> whatever those things are, but I, <laughs> um, I wouldn't want to just skate in barely, right? By the skin of my teeth, by the skin of my teeth. Is that, a, well, I don't even know. What are the sayings? How come I don't know how to say any sayings? Anyway, um, what does that even mean? The skin of my teeth? It can't be that. Anyway, barely got in. <laughs> I would want to have the way I view it is like having crowns to present to Jesus. And because, you know, I would want to give them to him. I wouldn't want to come empty handed, even though it's not what it's about. It's like, I want to be like, Hey, you know, I, I got some souls in here. Like I expanded our family, I, you know, or I helped. Right. Or I just somehow I was a mouthpiece and maybe I didn't do it. You did it. It's always the Holy spirit, but you know, like you're a part of it. I was part of the kingdom before I got to the kingdom, you know, cause the kingdom is on earth too. And, Ah, you know, I led people to you with the truth. And then obviously I didn't do anything else. (laughs) Just was an example of Jesus and his love. And Jesus did everything else. Anyway, being a part of that and just helping expand the family and introduce people. That's the really the goal is like, Jesus is your best friend. He's a savior. He's your Lord. God is your God. He's your creator. He's your father. And these are important family members you have a personal relationship with, and you would love to introduce other people to them and make that introduction by being an example of that family. So um, an example of their love, what they stand for, and introduce them to the real person, the truth of who they are, not like what the world thinks they are, and they have all these opinions, even though they're never read the Bible. So all that to say, um, Jennifer's husband was unlikely. I don't know if he wondered at all, but only he knows. But at the end, What happens is, you know, that last day I remember praying with her and I just thought, man, if God's going to honor anyone's prayers, it's going to be hers no matter how he does. He's probably going to humble this man, drop him to his knees. And then he'll know he couldn't do it all on his own. And sure enough, there were two things that happened. He fell and got sick. He couldn't, once he fell, he fell down these stairs. He couldn't go back up the stairs. So my pastor and one of my friends had gone over there, relocated his stuff down to the living room. They had a nice house and he was down on the bottom. And that's where he was going to stay. He ended up walking, uh, you know, again, being able to walk around, but he didn't go up the stairs anymore. He stayed on the bottom level and they helped him. And so then after that, uh, he, 
you know, I think they prayed for him then too. And then they saw the pastor and his son or his wife and his son. I'm not sure, but his, the pastor, our pastor, they, he, Jennifer and her husband saw them in the restaurant. He touched his shoulder and prayed over him. And I guess the, the general, I don't even know her husband's name said, I, that he felt something like he felt the Holy spirit, whatever, however he had referred to that. The story was that he, you know, he sensed the Holy spirit, like something, some presence with our pastor and that experience and just encountering him two times in a row with, and the love of God and being humbled, set his, him in the right positioning, right? Humility. And then knowing there was a presence on him and his wife being the key here too, is the wife was an example of faith and love. She served him. Uh, she loved him. She had gumption and bravery and she would, she was older and he would even change the light bulbs way up high. She would climb ladders and change light bulbs. This woman, yes, she's my style. Like I think I want to stay active and like a little firecracker until I die. <laughs> she's like that. I really, I think that's probably one of the things I really like about her and feel like, like, you know, um, how I relate to her, but not that I'm, as short, but I'm small like her too. It's crazy. I mean, I guess I am short, but like almost average height, but she's just really short, not really short. She's a little short and she's small. So she's just really tiny. It's really cute. She's super cute. Anyway. Um, I don't know what that has to do with the story, but I really like her. I guess this is the point. And I feel like some things I like really super look up to her and her faith and her persistence. And then, you know, in other ways I feel like similar to her in certain things. Like, so, you know, like your friends would you have some kind of something in common, I guess. Is that what I'm saying? Um, so her husband was ripe for the picking basically. Right. And in the right position to be encountered by the presence of God and recognize and be humbled enough. Right. To recognize what he encountered and he accepted Jesus and he came to church. It was so crazy because it's like people just give up. And I, Man, I mean, I've had times too where I'm like, well, maybe this isn't going to happen, right? And I consider faith to be one of my spiritual gifts and still yet, like, I don't, 60 years, like, dude. So she inspires me because I'm going to have faith like that, like that long, like just to keep praying. And it's just so crazy to me. Um, But that's a long time. Like, but it involves someone else's will, you know? So what can you do? What do you want God to do? Knock them upside the head? Like, I mean, or knock them down the stairs, right? <laughs> but he doesn't force himself on anyone. So it had to be like, he still knew this guy, right? Enough to know what it would take for him to willingly, you know, make this decision on his own. So I think that's where the faith lies. It's like, that's the power, right? Like God knows, he knows your heart. He knows how to get to that person he's not going to force it but man god honors a faithful prayer like and a faithful heart you know in person and he honors your prayers so i wanted to tell that story because it's incredibly inspiring to me and it really puts us in our place when we talk about oh gosh i waited you know he didn't answer me no that that doesn't exist unless you're dead you don't know he didn't not answer you right he didn't answer in your timing, but you can't say, oh, God never answered me. Not wrong. Like the never hasn't happened yet. So that's where it's like, 
you got to be real with yourself. Like you got tired of waiting. He didn't answer in your timing. It's getting hard. When push comes to shove, can you stick with it? Right. Um, are you leaning on him to get you through the waiting period? You're trying to, you know, muster it yourself. Like those are the real questions I think. And, you know, are you going to wait until his timing? It's not about whether he answered you because she waited 60 years. She could have said, well, he hasn't answered me. I'm giving up this husband of mine. I don't even want to be in this, you know, but no, I'm going to stick with it. Like she didn't go, oh, in two years, he didn't answer me in five years. He didn't answer me. Like, even if let's say she didn't get the gratification of knowing she still wouldn't be able to say he didn't answer me because he could have done it on his deathbed. Like, you know, there, I mean, of course there are circumstances like he didn't answer and save my life, my son's life. Right. And your son died. But with his all knowing providence, like I thought about this too, like with someone who goes through pain of like losing someone, like maybe it's that there are certain people that if they had gone on to the future things, they wouldn't have got saved or they would have lost, like they wouldn't have come to know Christ. Like maybe people whose children die before the age of accountability, maybe that's the only thing that he could like, sadly, you know, maybe and there, there's a lot of different reasons, but maybe sometimes the person just, that's it. Or the one moment they accept it or the, the for that moment, that window in time, that's the time before everything would have gone bad, before worse things would have happened to them, before they would have decided to reject Jesus, before whatever, you know, we, we really have to have a lot of faith and know that, and there's so many examples in the Bible that teach us this, that if we base like our understanding of our life and what happens in it on scriptural examples, then it helps us kind of come to terms or come to peace with the way things go because you know he kind of shows us how things end up being in the bible and, and there's a lot of examples and not for everything of course because you know modern times and different things but everything still applies but we all struggle in times you know of uncertainty and, and pain and suffering and i have as well like with you know whether i'm just going to go just resolve this myself because i'm i'm a a spontaneous person at times. And I also just, you know, I like to do things myself. So, um, you know, I grew up mostly doing things myself. So just kind of, you know, it can be challenging for me sometimes to just wait, you know, I've been learning to wait. I've been, I'm in, I've been in this season of waiting for a while and, you know, we all still make mistakes and stuff and, you know, we'll trip up and then we just got to get right back on track. Right. So anyway, I hope that helps and I hope it's encouraging. That went a little longer than I even thought it would. But now I just want to share a couple quick um, Bible stories. Um, one of Daniel and one of Hannah. And then, of course, I'll leave you the couple scriptures too. So let's go over a couple examples in the Bible. Okay, so I'm going to start with the story of Hannah. And I'm just going to give you like a summary because there's a lot to read and fill in. It'll take some time, but you can go back and read. Uh, the story of Hannah in first Samuel. Okay. So I'm trying to think of what chapter first Samuel chapter two, even like the very beginning or very, you know, the first, first Samuel chapter one. So you can go right back to the beginning. Okay. So the story is she's, she's unable to conceive for many years. Okay. It's considered a great hardship and shame in her culture during that time. 
uh, to not have children, not be able to. And she's, you know, older when she finally did conceive. So it added to the unlikeliness of her situation, right? Like being able to have her prayers answered, have a child. And in the Bible, her barrenness is emphasized as a significant challenge that she faced, okay, for that time. You know, you want to multiply, have children. But despite her challenges and her advanced age, God did intervene in response to her persistent prayers, okay? So she prayed, you know, and and he, it just, oh man, he heard her prayers and it demonstrated his power to overcome seemingly impossible circumstances, right? Kind of like Jennifer's prayers and him hearing and and honoring that and answering that in the way that he did, just very unlikely, like seemingly impossible, right? At the time, I'm going to give up. He hasn't answered. And even though her exact age isn't specified, it prolonged her age coupled with like her prolonged barrenness made it like very unlikely she would receive a, a child. Okay. So she was persistent in prayer. It was unlikely, you know, there was an unlikeliness of nature to the miracle, right? And she prayed earnestly. She faced ridicule and despair. I don't think Jennifer faced that, but maybe by other family members that weren't believers or I don't, you know, I don't even know. I don't know about that part because we were all pretty encouraging, but, you know, her prayer was answered and she conceived and she dedicated her child, Samuel, to the Lord. And I think this is like, you know, it highlights the, the power of persistent prayer and miraculous intervention of God. Both of these stories, right, in parallel, in in the midst of seemingly impossible situations, okay? Like Jennifer, Hannah's faithfulness and perseverance was ultimately rewarded, right, with a miraculous outcome that defied all odds. And I mean, an old man, believe me, that's defying all odds, <laughs> And so what I want to do, I, I love this story because it's like, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, right? I mean, it kind of reminds you of like Hagar and Sarai with Sarah, right? And Abraham, like, you know, and that's Ishmael and Isaac and how that whole div division got started and the war that's still happening today, right? The spiritual war is like, you know, over land and the covenant promise and all this stuff, right? It's like all started with, with losing faith, but I don't want to go into that right now, I guess, but you know, the faithfulness kind of lagged, right? It did because they had a baby. He had a baby with his maidservant, Hagar, instead of Sarah. And then later, Sarah did conceive just like God promised. And now they had this like stuff to deal with. So it kind of like, I guess that maybe that brought up by my mind because, you know, at times where you're just like doubting, you make your own choice, man, the repercussions there. And God will still, like he'll, he's so kind. He'll still honor your faithfulness and you'll see like how he comes through even though you faltered and like you made some kind of mistake and like that's happened to me where I'm just like, man, God is so good, dude. He's like, even in spite of me, like just getting off track and getting on track, there's still a price to be paid for the, for the thing that like whatever, you know, not, not always, right. Except for closeness to him, which is still a price, but not always is there like some massive consequence, but sometimes there's, you know, stuff you're really going to deal with. Um, even though your prayer gets answered, there's going to be some other thing that comes with it because you, you, you know, you were not completely faithful. So anyway, just a, uh, a warning. What I want to do now is like read first Samuel chapter two. I was thinking chapter two is because she has a song of Thanksgiving. And I really want to just add to the, to this whole story and, you know, the, how these parallel, even though it's, uh, 
you know, faith for someone's salvation and faith for a child is different. Still the faithfulness and perseverance and him answering during unlikely circumstances, I think is pretty clear. And the thing that's missing here is what, what does it look like when he answers you? Right. Um, and so I'm going to read just part of this and I encourage you to go back and read first Hannah two and Hannah's song of Thanksgiving, but let's start. So verse one, Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices and triumphs in the Lord. My horn, which is strength, is lifted up in the Lord. My mouth has opened wide, right, against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not go on boasting so very proudly. Ooh, reminds me of the general. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and, in, and by him actions are weighed. Oh, it reminds me also of her, those people ridiculing her, right? So I probably should just stop here and say, you know, I just love this song, like how she just speaks of, you know, hey, there's no rock like our God. Don't boast. Don't be proud. You know, he'll humble you. It's not just your, your perseverance. Like, it's not just your might, rather, that can get you where you're going, God can, you know, God can accomplish all things. And he's the one who decides whether he's the one who permits you. No might can work against where God says no. And, you know, just, man, I triumph in the Lord. It's so cool, right? My heart joy rejoices and I triumph in the Lord. So I love that. Um, go ahead and read the rest of it if you are interested in that. <clears throat> I think it's pretty cool. And then I want to hit just briefly on Job. Um, so another example, it could be fine on Job in the, in the way that there was a season where his friends were praying for him during his intense suffering. Remember how he lost everything and he got it back. I think it was sevenfold or threefold. Um, but he prays, he, you know, the example here is like, there was people praying for his relief and deliverance and, you know, um, for his intense suffering to stop, right? He had adversary, adversity and suffering. And, you know, Satan was allowed to go in and mess with him, right? And God just said, go ahead, test him, right? Like, he's he's a man of God. And he had so many trials and his friends, you know, they had misguided attempts to offer advice, of course. And they remained present with him for his praying for his restoration and well-being. I mean, in the end... <laughs> They had some issues, right? They didn't make it to the end, <laughs> but he kept praying and he was delivered, right? Eventually, after enduring so much suffering, it's crazy and wrestling with God himself, Job experienced restoration and reconciliation. He remained faithful. And I think the reason I mention this is because the story highlights the importance of patience and perseverance and faithful prayer while waiting for God's timing and intervention, right? In the lives of others, but also in our own life. So I mentioned his friends like prayed for him too and were praying for his, you know, rescue, right? But eventually they faltered in their faithfulness. However, God still showed up. And I kind of thought, wow, you know, that's, I hadn't thought, of, I thought of this. And then Job kind of confirmed it, right? It's like, even when we falter, he still is faithful when we're not. Like, that's just, that's the thing that just floors me about God is like, we just don't show up all the way or we just fail to stay the course and he's still faithfulness even when we falter so his friends faltered right eventually 
Um, but Job himself exemplifies the principle of praying for others and waiting faithfully, right? Because what does he do? He doesn't just pray for himself. Despite his own suffering, he actually continued to intercede for his friends. Even after they started to criticize him, like they did not last for the long game, right? And in Job 42.10, it mentioned that Job prayed for his friends. I said Job. It's funny when I'm reading, I like know the thing and then I'll say the wrong word. Because <laughs> I'm like reading, I don't know, not thinking, but um, Job prayed for his friends and God restored his fortunes. So he honored Job's prayers, especially in the midst of his own suffering, praying for his friends. God restores him, whatever it was. I Now I'm like, oh, I don't remember exactly the multiplication, but he restored. He had more than he had before. He lost everything and God multiplied it. Um, so in the end, it just demonstrates the power of persistent prayer and waiting faithfully for God's intervention, right? Even when others may falter in their support or even when you do, even when you're left with nothing, even though, even when no one is there, even when you have so little faith, it's like a mustard seed. God is still faithful. So it's like, stop beating up on ourselves, right? God fills in the gap. And so does the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us and prays for us. That just came to me, but not only, ooh, chills. When we fail, and I've sometimes I've been so hard on myself and then Oh, I just thought of another miracle. I'm going to write down on my list. I just thought of something else. I hope I get to this, but it's something about this, um, about really striving for goodness rather than striving to not be bad, striving to be close to God and, and please him and have a relationship rather than upset him. And so that I got to write that down. There's a, a really amazing way he worked through a non-believer and still gave me a message. It was super cool. Um, <clears throat> but you know, just it's so humbling and so touching to me. I'm just so touched and so in love with God, like how we, how he remains faithful. Like even when we get it wrong and we'll mess up and like, it, it may even surprise us. And I've been so hard on myself when that's happened. Like, what was I, what did I just do? Like, dude, come on. You know, what did I just think? You know, and like right in the middle of like a good season, but something happens, someone throws you off, you get sidetracked, whatever, some event. And then you're like, what on earth? And you just get right back on the course, right? But like, you're like, dude, am I not a, like past this? Like, but even that, like, it's because you aren't perfect, right? And, and even in spite of that, it'll be like, he just resumes the course. <clears throat> like he's just faithful. And he'll just still bring about goodness and still deliver you in spite of yourself. So, oh, and what oh, I was talking about, the Holy Spirit. So, the, and the Holy Spirit intercedes. He prays, he prays on our behalf. And that's what came to me when I was just talking, like talking to you on this podcast is he's praying for you too, you know? And there's the groaning of the spirit in you sometimes like, and you'll pray for yourself and you'll pray for others. And the spirit will pray and intercede on your behalf too. And I mean, that is just something on another level. So I'm going to leave you with that and give you a few verses, even though we prayed that, you know, looked at Hannah's song of thanks, thankfulness, Thanksgiving, I think it said. And uh, I'll give you a couple of verses and that'll be it for today. All right. I'm excited just to leave a few verses. <laughs> So let's do Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. 
James 1.12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. <laughs> Romans 5, 3 through 4, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Yes, I love that. So I think this these verses just emphasize the faithfulness of God and fulfilling his promises and the importance of perseverance in the face of trial and challenges okay it also mentions in the bible like his compassions never fail they're new every morning great is his faithfulness okay and because of his love we're not consumed right we're not burned by the fire his love is faithful it's another verse that almost comes to me about um about this but i'll leave it here and yeah, we'll talk again tomorrow.